0: you are listening to the weekly great governance podcast hosted by dr harlan so why do we do what we do we are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities we share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms So today we're in conversation with Tawanda Kaseke. He is a project coordinator at Corruption Watch. And you know, on this platform, we talk about governance. But every now and then I ask my participants, how do they keep the corruption devil from the door? So let's uh, uh, delve into this issue today. But I'm first going to ask my guest, Tawanda, to please introduce yourself. And how did you land up at Corruption Watch? And why do you do what you do?
1: Okay, thank you so much for having me on your platform. Uh, as you have introduced me, my name is Tawanda and I'm a project coordinator at Corruption Watch under the Stakeholder and Research Division. So I've been with the organization for three years, since 2020. So basically, Corruption Watch is a nonprofit organization that was founded in 2012. And we are set out to monitor and expose acts of corruption that involve public resources in South Africa. So we focus on various issues pertaining to corruption. These include within the education sector, police corruption, and we also do monitoring of uh, leadership appointments. So we monitor um, parliamentary appointments and key positions within Chapter 9 institutions as well. That's part of the work that we do. So we also are focusing on um, land and corruption as well. Okay. Corruption within the land sector.
0: So as a young man, I met you at the Human Rights Conference last year. As a young man, uh,
1: what is it that you enjoy about your work? I think for me, um, it my work particularly drives me to implement change around society, which is something I've always been passionate about and seeing where the country is heading to at the moment is not a pleasant thing. So for me, joining the organization was something about trying to implement change within the South African society and to change the mindset of the different young people around society that they need to stand up and take a fight against the rampant corruption that's currently there in the country.
0: Mm. You know, so there's a particular narrative that I often pick up in the media and, and in society at large that, that says that corruption, that want us to believe almost that corruption started in 1994. Is that something that you've also picked up?
1: Yes, uh, th- that's the particular narrative within the media. But I do not believe that corruption uh, started in 1994. I think corruption dates back to even way before... 1994, and dates back to when the colonialists landed within our shores, right? So, for example, you can look at the period of the Dutch rule, which lasted until about 1795, right? It was marked by mainly tax evasion and corruption by public officials, right? And then you also look at uh, just a few years before apartheid, where uh, there was uh people were lobbying to combat uh south africa's uh international sanctions right mm. the campaign was dominated by corruption and it mainly pro- protected government secrecy and and that was the core of government strategy so and if you look at most of the businesses that are implicated in corruption um uh, within the state capture those businesses have been existent pre 1994 and have long started with the corruption scandals before 1994. So hmm. I think the media just paints a picture where uh, the the administrations post-1994 are becoming a failure because of corruption, but I think there wasn't much expose pre-1994 and people were not really exposed to the information as to what they have now.
0: So, so we now. have this, just- so we have corruption as, as almost part of our society. You know how do we how do we get rid of it? What is it the work that the corruption watch actually does to mm. highlight the issues of corruption and for
1: people not to fall into the trap of being corrupt? I think it's, it's you are right to say it. It is something that is rooted within our society where people actually see no wrongdoing in corruption acts anymore. I think for us as change makers as young people as well speaking about myself we have to create public awareness as corruption was part of our uh, our initiatives we create public awareness around corruption and from that we draw advocacy and we part of our work involves calling our people to report acts of corruption although there is issues pertaining to whistleblower protection in our days we still encourage that people should come and report these acts of corruption. And these acts of corruption or these reports is what formulates our work for us to be able to lobby different partners like the South African Human Rights Commission and the Public Protector's Office to act on these acts of corruption that are happening in South Africa. So it's about creating public awareness and information so that people can be able to act on it.
0: Mm. So, so is corruption then only about stealing money or appointments or, or or what is the broad definition that that US corruption watch use to define corruption?
1: I think the broad definition for corruption is we the broad definition would be the abuse of entrusted power for private gain. So we don't uh, only look at it as. Corruption is stealing money. Uh, there is different forms of corruption that have been prevalent and that have been reported to us. We have forms like sextortion, where people are asked for sexual favors in exchange for jobs or in exchange for something within or service within a municipality. So you have issues pertaining to bribery, misappropriation of funds, and all the other issues. So it's not only. Retaining to money, there is different forms of corruption that exists mm. in the whole world definition.
0: Would you say, you know, I often visit municipalities and sometimes I get there just after eight and I see people in the kitchen and they're eating porridge and do all kinds of funny things, you know. Is is that a form of corruption, being late and, and, you, and abusing almost the time of the municipality for your own personal gain?
1: It, it is, because, again... Um, It is a service that people are paying for. So, if you are not going to be offering that service, you are directly stealing from the public. And it is a form of stealing the public's time and money by uh, not offering them the services that they are paying for. So, it is a form of corruption, in my understanding.
0: Okay, so now that we're on the subject of municipalities, you released the report last year, or not last year, two years ago, August 21, exactly. And it's a fascinating okay. report that that says that South Africa needs clean hands. And mm-hmm. one of the findings of that report said that most corruption actually happens in the office of the municipal manager.
1: how do you mm-hmm. how do you conclude that? So this came from a conclusion that most of our reports that we received uh, pertaining to local government were within the office of the MM. And in particular, the cases that we spoke about included irregularities in procurement processes, the embezzlement of funds, and of course, employment irregularities, as I've spoken about, where people were requested sexual favors by different particular municipal managers in order to gain access to jobs within a particular municipality. So... Mm. This this comes from the reports that we received from different uh, uh, whistleblowers in our organization.
0: Yeah, so one can conclude, you know, that uh, if you look, if if that is the case, then we have educated people, educated thieves in our running some of our institutions.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I think also we have weak systems in terms of. Uh, catching the culprits at play, you know, our legal framework as a whole uh creates these loopholes for this rampant local government corruption to take place. So there isn't we have strong legislation, but the implementation is quite weak at local government level. So this creates room for all this rampant corruption to take place. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that there's the brightest mindsets within Local government. I would say that there is loopholes for them to create this corruption.
0: And how do we then tighten these loopholes? You know, is it is it more legislation or is it something that can be taught?
1: I think we have, uh, in particular, South Africa has enough legislation in terms of local government. I think the implementation is the issue. That's it. That's the end awareness in terms of uh, in terms of public awareness in terms of this legislation because you do get municipalities where the municipal manager is not aware of the white paper and uh, all the acts that involve local government like for example your public finance management act you know so they are municipal managers who are not aware of this particular legislation and they still hold office so this becomes a challenge. Even it starts from the, the recruitment process of 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 municipal of municipal managers as a whole. I think the criteria set out there allows for 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 for, for, for this for people not for for people who are not qualified to be in that particular office for that mm-hmm. particular role. And therefore, this creates room for corruption as well.
0: Hmm. But but given and we and and you touched on this earlier, you know, given uh the very poor protection for whistleblowers, that really doesn't really motivate people to come forward and say, you know, I can see acts of corruption there. That the system does not protect whistleblowers. What is being done, or what what are you guys doing at the municipal level specifically? Uh to protect whistleblowers or to make it easier for people to report
1: corruption. Mm. I think the issue with whistleblowers has been the challenge for South Africa as a whole, as a country. I wouldn't really put it down to local level as well. And I would put it also at a national level as well and provincial level. So it's a national crisis, the whistleblower, uh, the, the protection of whistleblowers in the country. So as Corruption Watch, I think we have urged government to, uh, provide interventions on its legal reforms for the protect the protectors to act, cause we feel that there is still room for reforms in that particular act, where we can look at, uh, compensation for whistleblowers in terms of unfair labor practices and providing financial rewards and incentives for them mm. and then also you can look at strengthening the law to ensure whistleblower identities are not disclosed because that's one of the key challenges <laughs> that the uh whistleblower identities are disclosed all the time and then also we can just look at the overall consolidation of whistleblower legislation as a whole in mm. South Africa I did the other and and again i think also creating public awareness pertaining to whistleblowing so we need to address uh the current stigma that's there, uh within 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 the public uh pertaining to whistleblowing mm-hmm. so we should try and raise a positive profile for people who blow the whistle on corruption around south africa so to strengthen transparency and accountability
0: you see, you know, in the in the eighties, this was whistleblower was impimpi, you know, and 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 there's that stigma mm. as well, that you that you protect your own, you know, and you don't wanna mm. you don't wanna be seen as a impimpi. Uh, mm. And and I like what you said about the the positive profile in people that are blowing whistle, because at, at, if you are stealing from the state, you are stealing from the poor, which for me, in any yes. case, is similar to treason, definitely.
1: You are right by saying that to, to there is this negative perception, in particular within businesses or companies, that when you blow the whistle, you are treated as an impimp or, or they, uh, they exclude you from various sectors or stuff like that. Yeah. But I think society needs to look out of those people. It's our heroes who are saving us from this rampant corruption. For me, I take whistleblowers and this corruption watch, we take whistleblowers as our heroes who drive our work, who drive for a better and clean society. For us.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, traveling through the country and, and getting a sense, are you getting a sense that we are in fact winning?
1: I, I don't I, we still have a lot of work to do we we, we are definitely not at a, at a point where we can say we are winning uh there is certain room for us to improve in terms of how we can combat this whole issue of corruption as a whole um I think we we, we, we can we cannot we cannot win until we've totally achieved a a clean society as a whole, where we have uh, improved education systems and improved health care and quality roads and efficient electricity for people in the country. So we cannot say we are making huge strides at the moment, but we are taking the steps day by day to fight corruption. And... We cannot only do this as civil society, so I would say the involvement of different sectors like the private sector to come to play as well will actually help in decreasing the levels of corruption at the moment because the state we are in at the moment is not pleasant.
0: Hmm. So how can ordinary people listening to this podcast, what is it that we can do on a
1: day-to-day basis to fight corruption in this country? Then, on a day to day basis, I think um is share information if you have any information pertaining to corruption, and you can reach out to organizations like ourselves, Corruption Watch. We have our details available. We have our website, Corruption Watch, which is www.corruptionwatch.org.za. And if you want to report, you can also report to us. There are other institutions that also um you can report acts of corruption like the public protector's office, for example. And I think the best thing at this state is for people to go out there in, in numbers and mobilize against acts of corruption and fight and also report any form of corruption that they see. Cause there is this perception also by people that exists that say, Corruption is only state capture, but they don't realize the, the little corruption that exists within their their small structures or within the small municipalities It what is what rises to create this whole rampant corruption in South Africa as a whole. Hmm. So the little reporting that you do, if you see municipal managers stealing even three rand or something, that's something that should be reported to the various institutions that are available.
0: Tawanda Kasek, it was was a pleasure speaking to you, uh, project coordinator at Corruption Watch. Uh, Tawanda is also an alumnus of the University of the Free State. And so we're very proud of you and the work that you do as a young corruption fighter. We wish you well uh, as you carry on and carry and keep the torch burning brightly for a clean ethical governance. Thank you very much for
1: your time. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Thank you so much, eh?
0: To the amazing and talented Great Governance team, The Voice, Mpumi Lali, and producer El Untung, respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great, right where we are. If you loved what you heard, subscribe to our Great Governance podcast that is available free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on our HRD Governance Facebook page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Listen to learn.